Thank you, Sheila. Beautiful prelude here on this first Sunday of Advent. Welcome to Trinity. It is Advent after seemingly 94 Sundays of the Pentecost season. Um, we are here in this season, the blue leading up to the birth of Christ. Welcome to Trinity. Glad you're here this morning. There's a song we're going to sing right before we get to our formal worship service called Be the Light, Waiting for the Coming of the Light. You are welcome to sing along on this uh, refrain that will be on the wall for you when that uh, occurs in the song. So join in as it is comfortable for you. Again, welcome to Trinity. Welcome to the first Sunday in Advent. We are waiting in the darkness Our souls still long for the light Your very promise is a candle That leads us through the night As we await the birth of Jesus Help our busyness recede. Turn our dark days into brightness. Peace and joy, the gifts we need. Be the light shining bright. Turn our nights back into day. Be the peace we want to know. Son of God, love divine, come into our lives and be the light. Meek and humble, we await you. Our hearts are open, we long to receive. Come, Lord Jesus, dwell among us. Guide us in the lives we lead. Be the light, cutting bright. Turn our nights back into day. Be the peace we want to know. Son of God, love divine, come into our lives and be the light. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, the love of God, Emmanuel. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, our God is with us. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, the love of God, Emmanuel. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, our God is with us. Be the light shining bright, turn our night back into day. Be the peace we want to know. Son of God, love divine, come into our lives 
the light Good morning. Good morning. Hey, the journey of Advent begins right here today as we are moving towards uh, this scene in uh, Bethlehem. You see uh, some different things about the uh, sanctuary today. You see the color is now blue, the color of the four Sundays of Advent as we move towards Christmas Eve. You also see a rather Spartan uh, manger scene. Uh, most of the characters have not arrived yet. They're still on the road traveling, uh, heading towards Bethlehem. And you see the Advent wreath. And we'll be lighting one of the candles for the Advent wreath this morning uh, as well. So we thank you for being here this morning. Good to be together. The choir is here, and they're singing for us. we got some special music. And you see the altar guilt has been here before you as well, setting the table uh, that we might share Holy Communion together. And we say welcome to all those who are online. A lot of our snowbirds down south come back. We miss you. They've got room in the front row. Uh, the order of service is before you in the bulletin. Uh, everything will be projected for you as well. So if it's comfortable... I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A great uh, Advent hymn, Rejoice, Rejoice, Believers. of reading our litany for this morning. O Lord, I cry to you for help. Give me the joy of your saving help again. Let my mouth be full of your praise. Every day I will bless you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is me, bless his holy name. 
We will light the first of the uh, candle of the Advent wreath as you sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The first candle is known as the prophet's candle, and it remembers the prophets of the Old Testament who foretold the coming Messiah. And I read these words from the prophet Isaiah. The Lord shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. O come, O come, Emmanuel. pray. O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. Come, Lord Jesus. Come into this sanctuary, lead us, and inspire us to love. Come into our families and bring healing to couples and siblings. Come into our world that nations would not turn against one another. Come into our world that all races would be honored and respected. Come, Lord Jesus. In this season of darkness, we pray for you to come. We wait for you, and we prepare our hearts for your coming. We pray in the name that is above all others, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Before our first reading this morning, which is a reading that talks about some turmoil and trouble in the land of Palestine and Israel, we're going to add this song to our morning called If Not Now. You are welcome to sing that uh, refrain um, when it comes up on the wall there and um, join in as it, as it seems fitting for you. If Not Now, Carrie Newcomer. If not now, 
Tell me when, if not now, tell me when we may never see this moment or place in time again. If not now, if not now, tell me when there is sorrow and trouble in that land. There is sorrow and trouble in that land. Although we cannot solve it, we'll make the change we can. If not now, if not now, tell me when. If not now, tell me when. If not now, tell me when. We may never see this moment or place in time again. If not now, if not now, tell me when. The promise has been broken in that land. The promise has been broken in that land. The heartbreak and the anger must be dealt with hand in hand. If not now, if not now, tell me when. If not now, tell me when. If not now, tell me when. We may never see this moment or place in time again. If not now, if not now, tell me when. So we'll work until it's done. Every daughter, every son, every soul that's ever longed for something better, something brighter. It will take a change of heart for this to mend. It will take a change of heart for this to mend. But miracles do happen, every shining now and then. If not now, if not now, tell me when. If not now, tell me when. If not now, if not now, tell me when We may never see this moment Or place in time again If not now, if not now, tell me when If not now, tell me when But miracles do happen Every shining now and then If not now, if not now Tell me when If not now, if not now Tell me when If not now, if 
reading from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his own work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The word of the Lord.
Thank you, the choir. Thank you, Trish, Sheila, Ron, Carl. Thank you, Ron, for reading that lesson for us. Uh, the choir's heading out. They've been here since 7 a.m. They were moving on earlier, maybe, some of them. So welcome. Welcome to all of you. Welcome to December, huh? It's here. It's raining. You realize Christmas Eve now is just three weeks uh, from today? Just three weeks? That means that the Huskies playoff game is only four weeks away. So happy Advent to you. Advent, uh, you know, it marks the dawn of a brand new church year for us. Our calendar turns one month before uh, the regular calendar. This is a new church year. And with a new year, it rings in with hope. It's forward-looking. It's a time for reflection, and perhaps it leads us to maybe some new goals or resolutions. Advent is a season of waiting, and it is a season of preparation. Waiting and preparing sometimes go hand-in-hand, and Christmas is a perfect example of that reality. You see, waiting does not negate the importance of preparation. And preparation does not make one immune, immune from waiting. Now, pretty much everything in your life and mine, everything in our lives, are going to fall into one of two buckets. One bucket is preparation to prepare. And the second one is to wait or waiting. Waiting and preparation. And it is only with prayerful discernment that we can accurately place our hopes, our dreams, our concerns in the appropriate bucket. If we are wise, we will look at each life circumstance that we face and we will ask ourselves, is this something that I can prepare for? Or is this something that I must just wait for? Or is it perhaps some combination of the two? Waiting and preparing. Bucket number one, bucket number two, where are you going to put your concerns? Now I'm guessing that for most of us, waiting is much more difficult for us than actually doing something. Defining a goal or a problem and then setting out to achieve or fix it, we would much rather prepare than wait. Now, in our current culture, waiting is reserved primarily for children and, of course, for anyone involved in the healthcare system this day. Children wait, they wait for Christmas. They wait for Santa Claus. They wait for Christmas vacations. Now, most of us are no longer children, but we have some memory of being children at Christmas. How many of you, for instance, remember the Sears? Now, some of us can remember with vivid details Advents and Christmases in the past. This season is filled with memories of family traditions and of dear loved ones now who are no longer with us. There were Christmas pageants in Sunday school, songs and carols, helping Grandma make Christmas cookies, the fresh-cut smell of the Christmas tree, and the never-to-be-forgotten smell of the piece of cod that passes all understanding, lutefisk. 
Now, some would watch Christmas movies each year, Holiday Inn, It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, Charlie Brown's Christmas, and later on, Home Alone. Popular music and sacred music filled the airwaves before Thanksgiving all the way to Christmas, from White Christmas to Blue Christmas, from Silent Night to O Holy Night. A cultural and religious celebration captures the hearts and the imaginations of the young and the old. And distant memories come back to us, and they bring smiles or tears to us. Now, those of us who share this sacred space this morning have come from every corner of the country and many parts of the world. Our traditions and experiences are varied, but we can all remember waiting, the anticipation. Children must wait for Christmas. Advent calendars help mark the passage of time as we move towards Bethlehem on the 24th day of December. And here in our congregation each Sunday morning, with the illumination of each candle of the Advent wreath, we get closer to the lighting of 300 candles and the singing of Silent Night, waiting for Christmas Eve, waiting for Santa Claus. Now, as children, at some point, we come to the realization that we do not control time. Time passes as it will. We cannot speed up or slow down the sand through the hourglass. So are the days of our lives. No, that, no, that was, I'm sorry, that was a soap opera flashback for me. I just wasn't in there. Okay, what was the point? The point was, sometimes we just have to wait. As adults, we realize that what little control we thought we might have had, we really don't have. It's an illusion. We just have to wait sometimes. Now, in our culture, children wait, adults tend to prepare. Both are critical realities of the human journey. The truth is, folks, someone has to bake those cookies, or there'll be no cookies. And buying cookies mass-produced at Costco or Safeway will never replace shared time in the kitchen with our loved ones. Nothing takes the place of preparation. Someone has to wrap those presents. Someone has to put up the tree. Someone has to hang the stockings. Traditions don't just happen on their own. If the Norman Rockwell Christmas scenes have any chance of unfolding in your home and mine, then someone has to take care of the details. Okay, let's see if we can connect this conversation with theology for a moment. We are people of faith after all. Let's start with Jesus. Jesus has done and will do a lot for you. But let's be very clear. Jesus does not stuff stockings. Jesus does not go to Zales. Jesus does not bake cookies. Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but he doesn't do windows. No amount of waiting or praying will magically bring Christmas to your door in 24 hours. Amazon might promise to do that. But the truth is, someone has to take care of the details. And so Advent is a season to prepare, and it is a season to wait. Now, historically, Advent had little to do with Christmas at least Christmas as we experience it. Advent recalls the words of the Old Testament prophets 
as they longed with the children of Israel waiting for the promised Messiah. Advent remembers a season of waiting for the peasant girl Mary and the carpenter Joseph as they anticipated the birth of their baby. They had to wait. 2,000 years hasn't changed that. Babies arrive when they're ready. The labor will ultimately need to be done, but the timing of that labor and the delivery is out of our control. And so we wait nine months, maybe a few days less, maybe a few days more, but we have no choice but to wait. Mary and Joseph had to wait, but you know what else they had to do? They had to prepare. They had to prepare. We prepare for the birth of a baby, do we not? But let, again, be reminded of this. God does not paint nurseries. God does not craft a crib from wood or knit baby clothes together for us. No, Mary and Joseph had to pack up the donkey for the trip to Bethlehem. Advent, you see, has little to do with jingle bells or chestnuts roasting on an open fire. It's about waiting and preparing. In the early church, it was a time to contemplate a new era of freedom and justice and peace. It was also a time of fasting, if you want to take that up. Now, the early Christians believed that Jesus was going to return at any moment. They were longed for the return of the Messiah, and they hoped that the second coming of Jesus would be better than the first one. They were tired of waiting. They were exhausted from difficult work, persecution, and the hard knocks of this world. They were tired. The teachings of Jesus had guided them, but it seemed to them, by all indications, that Caesar was still in control of this world. So they waited for the second coming, hoping that it would be a little more dramatic and powerful than the first coming at that stable in Bethlehem. They wanted Jesus 2.0, a new and improved Jesus. Don't get me wrong, Jesus was a great rabbi and teacher and role model, but most who looked to God still looked for deliverance from the trials of daily life, and they wanted it right now. They still wanted a God who would take their side, stop the persecution and drive the Romans out of Palestine and out of power. I mean, a foot-washing God was good. What they really wanted was for Jesus to return and for him to turn the tables on their enemies. Advent was a time to wait for the return of the Messiah. It was a time of great anticipation. Now, historically, you may know this, but through the ages, many Good Christian people have sold their belongings. They've left their jobs, maybe left their families. They've traveled to a mountaintop or to the Holy Land or the caves of the wilderness, and they waited there for Jesus to return. You see, someone they trusted had told them that the code had been cracked, that the mystery had been solved. Someone they trusted said that God had communicated directly with them and the time for the second coming was close at hand. So what did they do? They retreated from this world, and they waited. And they waited. And guess what? They're dead now. Or they're still waiting. You see, no one knows God's timetable. God's movement is and always has been mysterious and beyond our comprehension. Advent is time to wait. We have no choice but to wait, but equally, it is a time to prepare. 
Now let's go back to where we started because some things need to be said twice. Waiting does not negate the importance of preparation. And preparation does not make one immune from waiting. Pretty much everything in your life and mine are going to fall in one of these two buckets, preparation or waiting. And it's only with prayerful discernment and seeking the wise counsel of others that we can accurately place our hopes and our dreams and our concerns in the appropriate bucket. If we are wise, we will look at each life circumstance and ask ourselves, is this something that I can prepare for? Or is this something I must wait for? Or is it some combination of the two? Now let me ask you, how many of you have prepared at some level for an earthquake? You know, we, we do live on a fault line, you know, right? And just as a side note, after the service, the early service, my wife pulled me aside afterwards, like wives do. And uh, she said, so you just gave that sermon, do you know where our earthquake box is? I said, no, but I know we have one. She said, you better hope it doesn't get me first. We live in a fault line. Now, an earthquake is not something we should wait for, but it is something that we should prepare for. How many of you have an estate plan in place? Some of you, yes, don't need to raise your hand. You know, we should not wait around for death. We should not wait around for it, but we should know that it's out there somewhere in our future and prepare for that reality. Okay, how many of you have flashlights or generators for power outages? Well, there you go. Of course you do. You live in the Northwest. Well, how many of you have your personal papers in one place clearly marked, easy to find for your kids? Okay, a few of you. Okay. Okay, how many of you have a three-year supply of chocolate and coffee in the house just in case there's a global shortage? Yeah, okay. That's, that's most of you right there. You're preparing. See, you need to prepare. You need to be ready. You need to stay awake, Jesus said. You can go bowling with just one ball, but don't go golfing with just one ball. <laughs> Waiting and preparing. Which one is it? Is it bucket number one? Is it bucket number two? Where do you put your concerns right now? Here's the message. If you can make a difference, if your labor can bring about productive change in the world or in your life or in the life of your neighbor, then get at it and get at it right now. However, if it's out of your control, then say your prayers, have faith in God, and wait. Wait in prayerful anticipation, learning to trust something outside yourself as you wait. Now it should be noted that there is no bucket number three. There is no bucket called procrastination. Not that any of you are procrastinators. There's no third bucket called procrastination because procrastination is not waiting on God. It's a dereliction of duty. It's a failure to prepare. It takes up our headspace. It leaves us carelessly vulnerable. We carry unnecessary anxiety because of it, and we experience less than the abundant life that God desires for us. There is no place for procrastination. Advent, a new year, full of hope, forward-looking, anticipating something better, a touch of optimism in a world that seems to have gone absolutely crazy. We are not likely 
to cure the world of its warring madness. No one in this sanctuary can stop the war in the Middle East. No one in this sanctuary can stop the war in Ukraine. No one can reason with terrorists or with Putin. And though the prophet Isaiah foretold of a less violent day, I don't expect swords to be beaten into plowshares anytime soon. So for that and for the second coming of Jesus, we'll just have to pray and wait. But that does not make us helpless, my friends. There is much we can do right here where God has put us. And in fact, there is much that we are already doing, and we're doing it together. Together, we can be a force for good. And we see it every week. People of Trinity, you have been and you will be a force for good. We will do it together. In our waiting, let us trust God. And in our preparation, let us always start where we should start. And that's with Jesus. And Jesus started with love. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the foundation of everything we do. Love is the foundation of our waiting. Love is the foundation of our preparation. God is defined in the Bible as love. So I want to encourage you in the year ahead, in the hopeful year that is before us, in every interaction, in every relationship, in every act of peace, in every offer of reconciliation, let us stand for love. Amen? Just stay put right there. You can join Carl and Ron singing along. David Roth's song, I Stand for Love. I'll sing that beginning for you and then join me every time after that that it comes in. I stand for peace, I stand for joy and for release, for what is beautiful and true. I stand for hope, I stand for you, I stand for love, I stand for peace, I stand for joy and for release, for what is beautiful. I stand for hope, I stand for you. You know our world is in great pain. She needs our loving care again. But there are those who fail to see what we have done and what we need. There is a cost for every act and now there is no turning back we burn a bridge we bang a drum it's time to rise the time has come to stand for love 
to stand for peace, to stand for joy and for release, for what is beautiful and true, to stand for hope, to stand for you. If you're thinking it's not urgent that we've got more time to if I'm not the one who'll change things, then for heaven's sake, who will? So I will move, and I will climb that mountain one step at a time. I won't be swayed, I will not stop until we've made it to the top where we will stand for love and peace we'll stand for joy and for release for what is beautiful and true we'll stand for hope we'll stand for you for what is beautiful and true, I stand for hope, I stand for you. If it's comfortable, I invite you to stand as we lift our hearts to God in prayer. Ron's going to lead us in the prayers. Let us pray. We gather this day as one part of the family of God to lift up our prayers, our longings, even as we hear God's call to stay awake. Let us pray. God who watches, in this season we often speak of watching and waiting for you. We know deep down you are also waiting for us. You are watching and waiting for us to sing our songs of justice like Mary. You are watching and waiting for us to declare that there is a new day like Zechariah and to bring good news like Gabriel to those who have been told they are insignificant and unworthy. May we stay awake to the possibilities, action, and rebirth as we wait for the birth. Awaken us, O oh God. God, we confess that we are often bone tired. The season is upon us. And we want to be filled with hope, peace, joy, and love. There is war and violence and so much distrust. We can love those on different sides of conflict when we see them in your image. 
we can remember that in this season, we come to worship a child born under empire, under threat of death, amidst fear, sorrow, and grief. A child for whom God declared peace on earth. And we can believe everything is possible as we pray for swords turned into plowshares. Let us stay awake and watch for opening to peace. Awaken us, O God. And Signs everywhere tell us to buy and consume. Remind us that you are God from age to age. The business, the busyness can wait. We don't need all the stuff. Transform us so that we may remember that the world made flesh was earth shattering as the sun going dark. The world turned upside down. Help us be signs of God's presence in the world. Awaken us, O oh God. So we might better care for the earth and care for all those who are ill or under a weight of grief. <clears throat> Guide us from our slumber. Call us from our seats in the audience so that our days of watching and waiting are active, not passive. Guide us to stay awake to your kingdom being born on earth and let your will be done as it is in heaven. Awaken us, O God. Waiting and watching, trusting in your constant love, we bring these and all our prayers to you, O God. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. After service, come on over in the gym for a time of coffee and cookies and fellowship together. Or get to know uh, someone you don't know or greet those who you haven't seen in a while. Uh, speaking of which, David Hartnett is here. David, standing up right now, David Hartnett. David's living in town now, but he came over to visit today, and we're honored by your presence, David. Thank you for being here. Uh, we, did, uh, we did light a candle 
uh, and remember Gloria on All Saints Day, and we remember her always and her beautiful smile, but it's so wonderful to see you today, David. Also, uh, yesterday was uh, Jim Tashi's 94th birthday, so if you know Jim and Gert, you might drop uh, a line to them as well. Lots of announcements in your bulletin. Read those, please, very carefully, because there's a lot of things going on in this Advent season, <laughs> including that, a projection I had nothing to do with. But uh, next Sunday, next Sunday is Christmas sweater Sunday, not ugly Christmas sweater. It's Christmas sweater. We make no judgments on your sweaters. Do you like my sweater there? Thank you. Appreciate that. So next Sunday, if you have one, pull it out. Uh, Nancy Treggett, stand up for a second. Nancy is modeling today for you. There she is. Okay. So don't let it keep you away if you don't have one, but if you do have one, pull it out of the closet and uh, bring it next week. It's also Endowment Sunday next week, and we'll be encountering John the Baptist next week, so big week next week. Next Saturday, we have a funeral service for Leon Josephson at 1 o'clock. If you can help by baking cookies or serving, there's a sign-up out in the narthex. Also in the narthex, there's a sign-up for the winter 4 by 4 groups, which are dinner groups at people's homes uh, starting mid to end of February or January and going into the spring. Okay, I'm going to call on Lana Johnson. Um, I'm going to model, too. Oh, you too? Yeah. I kind of like snowmen, so it's not ugly. All right. Oh, sorry. Nice, isn't it? Nice. Thank you. All right, so um, two really quick announcements, and they're just about um, signing up. We are in need. Oh, wait. I forgot to do this. Okay, um, so uh, we are in need of volunteers for uh, the next couple of Sundays, uh, ushers particularly. So if you are available, if you could sign up in the gym. And then there is a table for Christmas Eve services. We need ushers and greeters and they're all on there. And if you are, if you already know what service you're gonna come to, four, six, or eight, that'd be great. And then get signed up and uh, we'll all have a great time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Good morning. If you had ordered poinsettias from our band students, uh, they have those this morning in the gym. Emma is sitting at a table on the far side of the gym with bountiful assortment of um, poinsettias. So if you'd pre-ordered those, you can go grab those this morning. Um, we have some fun events coming up. This Friday evening is Parents' Night Out. So I will be here with a bunch of volunteers and we invite parents to drop their kids off at the evening, um, drop them off here for fun and games and snacks while parents can go out and enjoy some time off. Um, maybe Christmas shopping, maybe wrapping gifts, maybe just laying on the couch for a couple hours. But uh, that's this Friday evening for students of all ages. And then uh, our family fun night this month is the next Thursday, the 14th. We'll gather here at 6 o'clock for dinner, and then we'll be decorating gingerbread houses. So we'll have the houses all put together for you, and then you come and 
enjoy our plethora of goodies to decorate houses with. So that's for people of all ages next Thursday at 6 o'clock. And then coming up on the 21st, which is the longest night of the year, we'll be having a blue Christmas service. Um, this is something that's new to Trinity, but it's been going on in Christian communities for um, quite some time now. So this is an opportunity to recognize that during this season of joy and hope, some of us also feel some sadness. So this is just a, a time to come together and worship and recognize those feelings um, and, and celebrate that, that part of our lives as we prepare to continue with the joy of the season. So it will be a, a meaningful moving service on the 21st at 2 o'clock right here in the sanctuary. Thanks. Thank you, Deacon Amy. And uh, now a word about uh, communion. Uh, and the word is that you are welcome. Doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter how long you've been wandering in the wilderness, doesn't matter if you've ever worshiped with the Lutherans before, you are welcome here this day and always because there's only one host, and that host is Jesus, and he invites you to come. You'll come down the center aisle uh, towards a baptismal font, hold your hand out to receive the host, the body of Christ, hold on to it momentarily, then dip it and tink it into the chalice. Uh, the, the chalice is only one chalice on each side today, grape, grape juice everywhere. Uh, we also have gluten-free elements as well. But please know that you are welcome to come. We're going to transition towards the table. If it's comfortable, I'd invite you to stand. We gather around a table now that welcomed our parents and grandparents. This table that will welcome Christians of a variety of colors and denominations across the globe. And as we do so, we remember a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was Holy Week. It was the night in which he was betrayed. And on that night, our Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father... Gifts of God for the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. You may be seated. Let us take together 
our Lord's body let us take together. Come, let us drink, for now the wine is poured. Come, let us drink, for now the wine is poured. Jesus' blood poured, let us drink together. Jesus' blood poured, let us drink together.
stand. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Fed and forgiven. Fed and forgiven, you'll go out those doors to places where only you can go this week. Be the hands and feet of Christ in those places. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending him, Christ be our light. Oh